0: I uh, read about an individual I think a lot of us can relate to. This man went to a doctor, psycholo- psychologist, <clears throat> and he said, uh, Doc, I've got an inferiority complex. doctor said, okay, come on in. Let me ask you a number of questions, and he did. He said, well, I need to do a complete battery of tests on you, what I'm hearing. So he completed all the tests, and he said... It'll be a while before I get back with you to go through all the information. And of course, you know we know how long wait is. And finally, the doctor said, "I need you to come into my office, and I need to talk to you." When the man came back uh, to the doctor's office, the doctor said, "Listen, um, you don't have a complex." He said, "I don't." He said, "No, you are inferior." I know we feel that way at times, and the message that I have today, I will tell you as I evaluate uh, what's on my heart, what I feel like the Lord's giving me, uh, I feel like where I'd said a few weeks ago, it's probably the simplest message I ever preached. Uh, This one may be the most profound, and that's quite a statement after all the many years I've been preaching. I don't think I'm going to wow you. I don't think I'm going to shock you, I don't think I'm going to share something with you you haven't heard, but I think the magnitude from what was spoken to us, I trust the Holy Spirit will help me deliver it in such a way that we get the full impact of it, and that is we are living in a time in which if we defined the day in which we live, I've told you many times now, I think the one-word definition to me would be confused. But when it comes to the spirit of the age, without a doubt, we are living in a selfish age. And that means every single day we are confronted with selfishness. Every single day we are multiply, just attacked by selfishness. When we reflect and look at our own actions, we have to ask ourselves the question, Did I act in the way that I am pleased with, or was I acting selfishly? We are confronted with it. We are immersed in it. We're marinating in it. We are constantly surrounded by it. Our advertisements are pushing that button. Everything we read, the periodicals dealing with this subject. So I want you to turn with me as you stand, as we read God's Word together. Luke chapter 6. These incredible words written in red by our Lord. Luke chapter 6, beginning at verse 27. And to get that full impact, I I just want you to not see your pastor in front of you as if Jesus was standing here in flesh. And he would say, but I say to you who hear, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who who curse you, pray for those who abuse you, to one who strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also, and from the one who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either, give to everyone who begs from you, and from one who takes away your goods, do not demand them back. And as you wish that others would do to you, do so to them. If you love those who love you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those from whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to get back the same amount. But love your enemies and do good and lend, expecting nothing in return. And your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High. For he is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. Be merciful. Even as your father is merciful. You may be seated. Because we set the stage a little better for those words. How long has it been since you've read those words? And really let those words speak to you and confront you. These words, I mean, when you're reading it just devotionally, you're like, who, me? You're asking me not to retaliate? Don't you know my temper? That's not my nature, just to take it. And I'm here to tell you, if somebody physically strikes me on the left cheek, I'm not waiting around to turn my right cheek. And you see, even with our response, and again, not belittling anybody. This is how we deal with it. We just fluff it off. We push it off. And yet, these are the words of Jesus. As would be expected, he intends for us to do it. He expects us to be capable of doing it. When somebody gets on social media and blasts you, what is your response? Do you come back with guns blazing or do you bless them? Boy, it's quiet. And then you're asking me, Jesus, after somebody has stabbed me in the back to pray for them? And the intention is to pray that they are blessed? that they see the error of their ways, that they change because they're in judgment of you. The Word of God says here, as Jesus is speaking of God the Father, aren't we glad that God the Father is merciful to us? And in that same measurement, we are to be merciful to others. It's heavy stuff, isn't it? Well, surely that this must have been some kind of lesson for the elite. Maybe the Pope. Maybe he could pull this off. Maybe a monk who just lives in some monastery and never has to deal with the public. Right? Whatever business you're in, industry, you got people coming to you. And people will irritate you. People will anger you. We find ourselves struggling every day. I mean, sometimes you're meeting somebody you've never met, but they look like somebody you know. (laughs) And already you have predetermined whether you're gonna like them or not. And you just wanna hit them right in the nose if they remind you of somebody that you never got the chance to hit them in the nose. And then you find out they're the sweetest thing you've met in a long time. It's like, wow, I'm glad I didn't hit them. Or then you're treating somebody else nice because they look like somebody that always treated you nice and you find out, oh my goodness, they got fangs and talons. Oh my God. I didn't expect that. I'm disappointed. This is the ongoing situation. And here's the reality of the message. We are called to be different. We call ourselves Christians. Again, I take nothing back from what I've already said. The profoundness of his words, and yet to put it glaringly in our path to deal with it. Not just to pass it off, not just to do a typical, I went to church Sunday morning, and I went by close enough to the pastor, pat him back, that was good preaching, that was a good sermon, pastor, and never think of it again. This is something that Jesus intends for us to pull off. So turn with me to Matthew chapter 7, verse 12. For you will find the same words in one verse with one more thing added here. We call it the golden rule. So whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them. We already had that from Luke's rendering. But notice what is said here. For this is the law and the prophets. So I've asked for the title of this message simply to be, it's the law. These are the words of Jesus. These are the words of God that this is the law, the law and the prophets echoed it, not speaking before, speaking for God. Everything hinges here, everything. Every relationship, every business adventure, every activity we get involved in is measured by this one law. When Jesus was asked, what's the greatest commandment, Master? You know the answer. Love God. What? No problem. I can do that. Love God with all my heart, mind, and strength. Already it's getting a little tough, isn't it? Because we don't always love God with our mind. Because our mind is loving something else in the moment. And When it comes down between God and that thing or that person then God I'm not telling you I don't love you I just want to love you from a distance right now. I want to love this for the moment And yet his word says have no other gods before me even in my presence But the real challenge was when Jesus would not stop there of loving God with everything in us the Shema He said love your neighbor as yourself. That's why Jesus says here the law hinges on this. What you would have others do to you, you do it to them. I trust that this message just absolutely challenges us, that causes us to change when we need to change. Because we're in a culture of selfishness, we've got to ask ourselves: you know, I bet it would be amazing how much could be accomplished in my life if I would just get me out of the way. How many times does me get in the way on a daily basis? I could have got involved in this, but me didn't want to go there. I know the grammar's not perfect. But me is always talking to me. And me wants this, and me wants that, and me wants to do this again, and me, 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 me. You see, it is sobering. I I really think that this message has to speak so profoundly that it's likened unto a time when we go before a doctor, and the doctor says, if you continue in what you're doing, you're going to die, and I give you six months. A lot of times a wake-up call like that is exactly what the person needs to say, I want to live longer than six months. I'll do whatever it takes. Or to have a financial consultant come and say, if you keep doing what you're doing and will not practice a healthy budget, you're going to be out of business in six months. Well, then I better learn to budget better. How many of you want to be broke six months from now? Come on, raise your hand, please. Come on, give it to me. It is with this message, as as the Spirit of the Lord was taking me, I was like, man, how many times, how many times, Randy, have you read this and it had no effect on you? Because we see it as tapestry on a wall. Isn't that nice? Home sweet home. Do unto others as as you would have them do unto you. Just sounds so nice. And Jesus wouldn't leave us alone. If you're loving on the people that love you, you have no reward. You've already got your reward. So in another, for this to be activated, you've got to love on somebody that's not lovable. How are we doing with that? Which means tomorrow. Or even this afternoon. But let's go with tomorrow and you go to work. If you're going out of the house, if you're not working from home. Now, if you're working at home and you work by yourself and you hate your work, or that's working with you, you got a real problem. <laughs> there was a man rescued on an island. He, he had survived 20 years. Finally, when he was being rescued, the, the, the team that got there, it didn't even know the guy was on the island, was amazed. But there were six or seven different buildings there that he had constructed. He found there was a church there. He found a hospital there. He found a, 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 a grocery store there. And he's just amazed. And then he found another church there. He said, well, why two different churches? He said, because I got mad when I was in that church. You'll get that in just a minute. This, this message... That means when we go tomorrow to work, and there's somebody that's like, you know what? You're the one, aren't you? You're the one that I, I, I try to avoid. You're the one that I go down another hall to get away from. You're the one that I've changed my break time from because it's your break time. Come on, somebody. The Holy Spirit's speaking to you right now, saying that's the person that you've gotta win. We've already taken the offering, so just sit here a little while longer, okay? No, I, I, trust me. Now maybe it'll work, maybe it won't, but here's the thing, will you be willing to try? Will you engage, will you put yourself in place to say, Holy Spirit, guide me today. I have looked at this person through this lens long enough, and nothing is getting any better. Maybe if I change, the situation will change. Maybe if I change, that person will change. And if I really look at it through the lens of eternity, and I really question if this person even knows you, then I don't want to be the one that adds to that list that kept them from knowing about salvation. So Lord, here I am, use me. Now I'm going to give you a little one-on-one stuff. It's called just being kind. It's called People Skills 101. I'm going to let you into my world. Things that I do for me. And I've been practicing this for years. The Bible tells me that he that has friends has shown himself friendly. So if when I'm going somewhere, I practice these things. I, when I get in an elevator, I'm one of those people that when nobody else knows anybody, I'm going to be the one talking in there. I'll make some kind of joke. I'll make some kind of statement. If I go into a convenience store and I'm looking at that clerk, I will try to find something to say that's positive. If I'm going somewhere else and I realize somebody is down, I will try to say something that will encourage them. And this doesn't make me a hypocrite. Sometimes you have to step out and you're looking at this person and they look absolutely miserable and you're struggling to find anything good to say. Find something. Speak to them. It is amazing the change that happens. I'm one of these when I go into a convenience store or even a, a drive through I'm talking to the person serving me. And it's, it, it cracks me up at times. Because especially when you're going through the drive-thru, they are so used to people being robotic or at best just barking at them. When somebody's having a little fun with them, it's like, what? They talk to me as if I'm human. How long's it been since you've blessed somebody, handing you a Coke and a hamburger? This is good preaching. Come on, man. Golly, it's good stuff. This is his word. The law hangs on this. The kingdom, its access, hangs on this. The words of the prophets hang on this. The wording, Jesus and his wisdom changed it just enough to have major significance because Jesus was not the first one that would make a statement of how to treat other people but every other religion up until Jesus would always go in the negative don't be like that jerk that just was bad to you in other words Jesus how did he spin it what you would have others do to you you do to them he puts the accountability right where it belongs And gives us a gift, a tool to measure with. I'm going to get down here where you all are. Look at this. How profound, how amazing. He woke the cameraman up. He had to focus in (laughs) a little tighter. Look at this by just one factor. If I was the one receiving what I'm getting ready to give somebody, I would like it to look like this. And you take the moment to figure that out and you offer it to them just the way you would want it. Wow. The results are incredible, exponential. Because somebody realized, you just didn't do the average, you went beyond. You gave thought into this. The world isn't ready for it. They don't know what to do with it. Because what we're talking about now, I'm gonna get up there, I haven't done this in years, <laughs> is the love of God flowing in us and out of us. What? would Jesus do right now in this situation? When that person barks at me, would Jesus bark back at him? I cannot imagine that. And if I was the one that just barked, would I see this person's got to think, does that person really want that back? How many times, how many times have I seen this? Where somebody is so hateful, and miserable. You know why they're hateful and miserable? It goes back to what we said. It's the selfish culture. If, if your whole world is selfishness, you're one miserable person. Because that means nobody measures up to what you want. So when finally someone comes up and they thought about what they would want, and they offer it, wow. You know, at times I've gone up to somebody and absolutely just miserable. They're hateful. They're barking. They're nasty. They're cussing. And I'll go up and smile and say, hey, you know what? It isn't all that bad. This is a good day. What? And I'll try to find something to bless them with. It is amazing. It's transformation. Watch their countenance change. Come on, somebody. This is the law. It's the law. I could could preach all day on this. I'll finish with this. When we think about the law, we typically think of a judge. We typically think of the police. We think about the laws that are out there. Now, some of the laws are there to keep us safe. The law says when driving on a road, if there's a stop sign there, you stop. It's the law. You know why that law's there? Because if you break that law, you may break your neck. And somebody else's at the same time. Yeah, it is good. And here we hear the law of God. If you break the law, we're always thinking about, well, God's going to judge me. Yeah, he's always judging. Many of these laws are there for our benefit. The other thing with laws is if you break them, many times you become incarcerated. Because why? You broke the law. And so it is spiritually. When you break the law of God, to love God and love your neighbor, when you break that law, you become a prisoner. You become a prisoner of selfishness. Wow. It's a miserable life. I'm going to ask you to stand with me.